It's the 8th of April, 1983. The Space Shuttle Challenger began its maiden voyage on the 4th and will end it tomorrow. This is the first flight in which a spacewalk was conducted. Steve Ballesteros will win the PGA Masters Division for Spain. A week later, the Disney Channel will be founded. On the same day, 63 will be killed in Beirut, a result of the bombing of a U.S. embassy. Yuri Andropov, leader of the USSR, will invite U.S. schoolgirl Samantha Smith to visit his country after reading a letter in which he expressed fear of imminent nuclear war. Stern Magazine will publish The Hitler Diaries, later discovered to be forgeries. In the charts, Billie Jean remains number one. Meanwhile, in cinemas, Jackie Earl Healy, Shelley Long, and Tom Cruise star in Losing It. Hello and welcome to Cruising, an odyssey through the filmography of Tom Cruise. Today we're looking at Curtis Hansen's 1983 film, Losing It. Um, and we and are like, losing it. We, it, is, <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is a terrible, terrible film. It's um, not as it bad as Endless different. Love. And to make it worse, actually talking about it has been a nightmare. So yeah. this one's short or loopy or not interesting. Come well, back to it for risky business. <laughs> Okay. Oh yeah, fair. <laughs> just All right. the next one because this one isn't gonna be fun. Even uh, though this film has just become such a weird thing apparently within society and like cult movies. Well, I'm which is, Let, let's introduce ourselves first. I'm Keelan. Again, I feel like we've introduced ourselves enough now. We have not in this. It's recording. been two episodes. Well, if you if you hear one, you get the idea. Well, this is your first episode. Why, why would you start here of all I places? I do that sometimes. I started like the hundredth episode, and I'm like, oh right, okay, I get the gist. Hey, look, well, well no, I, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joined by Andrew and Abdu, so like, that's all you need to know. Right. Double A. Well, see, I, I feel like if you're starting here, that's, that's, that's quite an. This is this is probably the worst place to start mm-hmm. that we've done mm-hmm. so far. Um, of, of, but, oh well. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Well, <laughs> we'll start with a plot summary, I guess. Oh yeah. What did what right. you have what, what, what did you all think? Well, well, well. Before we get into that, I suppose I suppose we should give people an idea of what what this film is. Um, yeah. So I guess. the 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 film is primarily about these three teenage boys, right? Spider, David, and Tom Cruise's character, whose name escapes me. Um, Woody. Woody. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so uh, Spider is something of a troublemaker. Uh, something of a something of a. Uh, sort of a, a rascal, one might say. <laughs> who, I would argue who, his character is the least defined out of all three of them. Yeah, it's sort of quite vague what exactly he's meant to be. He's, he's vaguely violent, he's just there. reckless, troublemaker sort of thing, right? Yeah. That's, that's Spider. David's a pervert. Um, yes, he is. Yes. He's got a great heart, he a great sense of style. He has a, <laughs> he's an absolute shameless pervert with, with, a, with a very... A, a very uh, the hat suits him. It's a very it's a very appropriate hat. Mm-hmm. And then we have Woody, who's who's a classic sort of nerd, all around like, American boy. Yeah, all around, all around hey, nerd. Hi. And America's all around American actor. Nice guy. They decide that they're going to go to Tijuana, right, so that they can so that they can hook up with prostitutes. That's a wild Wo- concept. Oh. Yeah, Woody and David for the first time in Spider, just 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 for some variety. Um, a classic teen sex comedy. Yeah, they're they're meant to go with a fourth boy, but who who, who drops out because his parents find out, and so they're forced to to get a loan 
from from uh, from David's little brother, who's something of a micro capitalist, mm-hmm. uh, who's, who's who's selling like old tests and things, and ha- is running a veritable operation in the high school. So he blackmails his older brother into taking him to Tijuana so that he can buy fireworks and sell them at a profit. But you so, know, fair he, enough. He, he's, he's, I think he his motivation is most interesting. Yeah, because I think he's supposed to be. I, I think I think I think his little brother might be the best character in the film. He literally is the most interesting <laughs> character. Yeah. So so they they're going along to Tijuana. Along the way, they stop at a grocery store where they watch uh, Kathy, played by Shelley Long. Her marriage is basically disintegrating because of her husband's infidelity, and so she decides to accompany the boys to Tijuana so that she can obtain a divorce. And then when they get there, a whole series of pointless, events boring shenanigans ensues. And this is uh, about where I start to tap out of the plot of this film. I was doing okay until like the 40 minute mark when they just started kind of walking about. And then when the like dramatic stuff happened yeah. with David get, nearly getting like burnt by a bunch of people who were out to get him basically. And B-Tech Army Hammer in the corner getting put in jail. There was nothing about it that was interesting that had me locked in. It is is a a meandering, pointless excuse for a film. It really is, but it's trying so hard to make you invested and have fun and it just doesn't execute it at all. Now, see, the the thing is, right, the first sort of 20 minutes to to a half an hour are really it's it's bad you know you can't deny that it's bad but it's intoxicatingly it's bad it's it's got this weird energy to it where you're just going oh yeah. well, okay where you're just going well you know this this might be terrible right but at the very least it's interesting mm-hmm. you know it's 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 sucking you along in this weird logic that it's established for itself mm-hmm. of of just yeah uh, and then and then it's sort of just and then they get to tijuana right which is which the film is has basically deceived you into thinking will be a very sort of wild, you know, if, if this is the film before they get to Tijuana, imagine what it's going to be like once they're there. And yeah. it's just completely false flat. Yeah, it's... It's, 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 it's... it's still terrible, right? But it ceases to be even interesting. And like, yeah. I feel like there's a minor attempt at being introspective with Tom Cruise's character and the Shelley Longs, where like, they're talking about the unfulfillingness and the melancholy of it all. Like, they... They try something, but it never works, and it's kind of abandoned pretty quickly as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, it tries to be more. It tries to elevate what it is, except it doesn't, and then it just stops doing it. Elevate is a bit of a strong word. No, there's this. It's, it doesn't elevate it, but there's a sense that's what they want to do. I, I I don't even think it's it's. I think I think that could be genuinely accidental on their part. I don't even think it was an attempt at elevation. I mean, it's it's just. So we'll 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 go through the characters. So we have we have sort of the moral center of the story is is Tom Cruise's character, right? This is the first Who's, time Tom Cruise is top billed on a film as well. Yeah, so he's he's top billed on the film, right? This is his sort of starring debut. Right? Yeah. This so the way I've been so sad. <laughs> the way I've been thinking about it is Tom Cruise's career at the start. He has like phases, and we're we're within one phase now, like the beginning mm. of it. But within that, we have like many phases. So like everything from Ordinary Loves to Outsiders is just supporting roles. You know, you don't know who Tom Cruise is. He's just an actor in the film. Now they're starting to give him the chance to headline a film. He's still not a name, but they're like taking a risk on him. Mm-hmm. That, that risk might get, get, might get risky, but I don't know. 
Let's keep this. This is the next film. And that's where this phase sort of ends. Yeah. He's like, well, all the right moves, because that would have been the one that was shot alongside all of them. But like, Risky Business ends this mini phase where he's like, they're giving him a chance because then he proves himself as a yeah. star. It, it's strange because he is top build and, and you probably spend more time with him than, than any other character, except except possibly David. Yeah. But but, but um but he's so there's there's nothing he can do with this really. It's not a I know, you can't even say he's doing the best with what he has because what he has has so little substance behind it that he's just kinda of meandering along. Yeah, and it's not he doesn't elevate it. It must be said like, you know, I I, I suppose there's there's nothing really he could have done, but it is it's not like this role it's not like Endless Love or something where it, it, for the first in those forty seconds you can tell Tom Cruise is is doing Scott quite well. Scott thinks he's actor. gonna do, yeah. You, you and then you know something like Taps where he's the standout part of that film. Mm-hmm. Or he, even any kind outsiders, of where in his brief moments there's a sense he's of still, a yeah. real actor, like a real talent. If he, if he'd seen this, you know, you 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 wouldn't necessarily know he was a good actor. Whereas in other yeah. films, you could tell. Interesting actor. Yeah. Because I don't think Tom does well with like everyday nice guy type of roles. Cause I don't think he sits it. I don't think he does well in it. I think after this, maybe he realised that, and that's why he went on to do the stuff that he did. Potentially, I don't yeah. Know. You know, it's, in in other things, he sort of has a he, he's he's at the very least a complicated hero. You know, mm-hmm. it's sort of yeah. in 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 taps. He's probably outright villainous. You know, in mm-hmm. in in the outsiders. You know, even there, he's a bit. He's you know, he's sort of he is a good character, but he's he's essentially a bit masochistic. Got like a hothead energy to him. Yeah, top, yeah. You know, the classic Tom Cruise hero. Because he does play a hero in most films, but the classic mm-hmm. ideal of a Tom Cruise hero is like he's the best at what he does, but he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder, and he's mm-hmm. you know he's too reckless and he needs to learn to settle down a little bit or grow mm-hmm. as a person. You know that's the ideal of what Tom Cruise usually is. Yeah, and he's only got a bit of a vicious streak in him. That's that's yeah. something else behind you know, like the the you know the pleasantry or whatever of him. You can tell there's like a bit of a anger or like you know even like yeah. What not? Like he's always got something behind his demeanor that they put. Where, whereas, whereas here he's sort of a milk toast sort of nerdy character, you know the sort of a the wet open, blanket. Yeah, yeah, he is a wet blanket, and and through through by virtue of his of his wet blanketness, his his milk toast character, he gets to you know it's mm-hmm. a. I, I was sort of thinking, is is this film about? Is is he a nice guy in the film? I don't like a nice know. guy archetype, I can't or like tell. is I mean is, is he like a? Well, you know what I mean when I say nice guy. Yeah. Well, he comforts a divorcee and tries to get with two older women and it doesn't go well the first time and then it does the second time. I, I don't really know. I don't well, know what's driving his character. He's he's sort of... I, well, that's, that's actually interesting. You know, it's David, the, the pervert, by, by way of a, of a, of a comparison, is, a, is actually quite a fun caricature. You know, whenever he's on, it's like... A worse film might have tried to justify his character in some way, but mm-hmm. but, he, but but when David is asked about why are you such a pervert, why are you so obsessed with this, he's like, I don't know, I'm I just I just I, I must have more hormones or something. I'm just I'm just, I just I'm just so into sex. Yeah, him <laughs> and, like and a... Wendell are the most consistent characters out of these films, and they're yeah. such wee think, scummy people. Do you think maybe the film could have been better if it focused on those two and they cut the rest of the cast out? Potentially, yes. yes because none, it's, none of the I, others need to be there. Yeah, that's true. Maybe if it was just like, oh, this guy and his hard. younger brother, maybe and they're two like... different people, and they come together at the end. Yeah, that actually works. Yeah, it works far. far. That's, that's actually quite... 
Yeah. This would have been had, had, had they just cut out the extraneous parts. Because, you know, yeah. the, the most interesting parts of, of that film come out of David, who's, mm-hmm. who's tra- who runs around, you know, first of all, he goes to the prostitute. And then there's, a, there's actually quite, perhaps the only funny joke in the film is when earlier he said, you know, that he, he'd heard that if you yell while you climax, it makes it feel better. And then while they're downstairs, <laughs> they just hear a scream. <laughs> Uh, and he's just, and I just thought that's that's perhaps the only funny joke in the film. Yeah. Um, and then he comes down and he's like, you know what? It did work. <laughs> <laughs> On the topic of David, he's played by Jackie Early Haley, who's like the only real other notable name in the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I know who that is. Well, he plays Rorschach in the 2009 Rock Watchmen, and he played right. Fred Krueger in the 2010 Nightmare on Elm Street. And he's he has an Oscar nomination for Little Children, which is like a pedophile drama with <coughs> Kate Winslet. So like that's oh, some nice wow. continuity. Yeah. <laughs> and he, you know, he's oh yeah, he Shutter brushes Island, a girl. He spikes a girl's dream. Yeah, well, 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 he, well, he tries. Um, he tries so, to, but it's just so penicillin to, or something. So there's there's a recurring. So uh, David is looking to get his hands on on a mythical drug that you can find in Tijuana called Spanish fly, which mm-hmm. makes which makes girls very excitable, shall we say. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and so it's so he, he he's basically he's basically walking around town trying to find some Spanish fly so that he can he can continue on his in his debauchery. And it's it's sort of it's it culminates where he gets hoodwinked by a taxi driver who who knows about the myth into 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 buying it from a into buying it from a farm into buying penicillin at a pharmacy um, instead mm-hmm. of instead of actual instead of Spanish fly which doesn't exist. It's and aspirin, he, sorry, not penicillin. I just remembered. Yeah. Oh no, it's aspirin. It's yep. not penicillin. Uh, and then he try and then he he tries to he spikes a girl's drink with it, uh, not realizing a that it doesn't work and b that he's talking to her brother, uh, mm-hmm. whom he tells about it, and who then tries to chase him to get some revenge on him. Which... And you know what? It's bright. There's the bit afterwards when the brother finds out he like shoves him into his car, takes him to like a junkyard or a scrap yard and tries to basically torture him for you know acting like such a wee scumbag but during that scene there's no music and it's it just sounds so dead and flat and there's no tension or build up to any of it and I think that that scene in and of itself you could show to a class of film students and be like this is the importance of music in a film this is why you need to have it at certain moments <laughs> because it's just the- dead I, I was I was somewhat relieved by the absence of music from that scene because <laughs> it's something we do have to mention is how terrible the music for this is. Oh um, yeah, I, it I, is because once right at the beginning until they get to Tijuana, it's all like this is supposed to be based on the sixties, so it's like you know sixties music, a so? popular music. Is apparently it? it is. I, I apparently right, it is. Yeah. I never got that vibe until I looked it up. And I then read, once they get I, to Tijuana, it's just racial yeah. stereotypes from right, then on right, out. Right. I read that it said in nineteen sixty five. That's where I read somewhere. But on Wikipedia, I'm pretty sure it says set in 1959, which would make more sense because the stylness gave me more of a, a yeah. 50s vibe than a 60s one. But like, I, I just, I just sort of assumed everyone just a bit, everyone's the costume department or something ran out of clothes and had to, because there's no <laughs> indication given that this is set isn't. in the past. Yeah, teenagers yeah. um, from the late 1950s. It says on Wikipedia, but elsewhere right. it's like set in 1965. I don't know if anybody <laughs> knows. No. <laughs> Um, it's hard to believe it's set in the 80s, we'll, we'll say that much. It's mm-hmm. definitely um, set sometime 
between the 50s and 60s, but it's not very defined, which I guess you could say is a problem with the film. It doesn't really mm-hmm. have a clear it's, sense of the it's world. It's very low down on the list of pressing problems with this film, to be honest. Yeah. No, I think it's emblematic of a greater problem, which is that the film doesn't yeah. have a sense of world or interest in developing anything, really. Yeah, it just there's, sort of... there's one moment in the film, actually. So, so when, they, when, they, when the Mexican boy... Uh, sort of c- captures David. He 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 decides he's gonna like trick him into thinking that that he's gonna castrate him, which which would obviously be David's worst nightmare. And so they string him up by like they take him to a junker and they string him up by a crane and like mm-hmm. like wave a blowtorch around just to sort of scare just sort of scare him. So but the, so but but during that scene, there's there's one point where the where the boy's saying, uh, you, you you know you people created Tijuana, you Westerners, you you. Americans coming down and then like like looking for prostitutes. Without you, there wouldn't be a Tijuana. That is about the only time the film has any sense of the world commentary or anything like that. Yeah, or, or any sense of like <laughs> purpose or or meaning at all. Yeah, it really took me out of it for a second because I was like, oh, wait, why are they talking about social commentary in this absolute yeah. garbage film? It's so <laughs> it's, strange because it's like. It, it makes the rest of the film infinitely worse because all the while now you're thinking, so you know what you're doing, right? You know that this is like a voyeuristic kind of like exploitation of, of like the stereotypes about Tijuana. And mm-hmm. yet, and yet you, you have no sense of introspection about it. But see, that's um, what I'm saying. I feel like the film has minor attempts to grapple with what it is, but it hasn't got the talent or the, neither the talent nor the time dedicated to make either of it work, particularly no. beyond vague gesturing toward it. I guess. I, well, so the, the the other thing I was thinking about in connection to that is when so so Spider, who's who's the, I was the, the vaguely yeah, defined troublemaker, gets he he just, he he he's looking for a, a particular a famous bar called the Blue Fox where they parade a donkey around or something. He's, look, he's looking for a specific thing, right? He I ends up in that, that bar alone. Motivation. I don't even remember that. He, he was so his oh god, his character such a disaster. He's not good. He should not be in this film. He's he, pretty yeah. of a wet blanket. He's, I he's think him and Tom are as bad as each other when it comes to this. Yeah, I, I think really David and his brother are the only interesting characters in the film. Yeah. Really yeah. long yeah. character is okay, I guess. Uh, she's ground. So, yeah. She's so, it's just, through, so, so, so not much he, he ends up in the... He ends up in this blue fox bar and, and where he gets into a fight right, and gets thrown mm-hmm. in Tijuana jail. Yeah. Which, we, which we heard earlier in the film is like meant to be really terrible and you'll you never get out and whatever. So while he's in the Tijuana jail, he gets he gets sort of roughed up by one of like the cell, the persons who's sort of in de, de facto in charge of the cell that he's in. And then whenever the people who he got in the fight with originally show up in the cell as well, they try to start a fight with him again. But then he, then the, the cell mother, as it is, you know, sort of beats them up. And it's such a weird, confusing and, and sort of pointless scene. Like they just needed something for Spider to do. But it's sort of, I feel like it's trying to say something about Tijuana jails really, really feebly and fumbling. Yeah, because, yeah, because by him, uh, like the mother of the whole place, or like, I don't know, the leader, I guess, trying to, you know, intimidate those other guys and beating them up on behalf of Spider. It's like, wait, well, did he gain his respect somehow? Like, what happened in passing that made him want to defend this character? Because he has no reason to do it. And I was uh, like, what is going on? <laughs> I think it's like, because it's his territory or something. Like, he has to establish, like, he can't, he can't start fights in my territory only I can do that or something like that. I don't know. It was a pointless and meandering scene just so that this this character will have something to do while all the other characters are off doing other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about the divorcee woman. What's her yes, actual name? Kathy. 
her, her name is, that, that's her name in the film her the actress's name is Shelley Long right why was she there and what was she adding to any of this plot what like there's no reason the only scene I liked with her was when she she throws her wedding ring into like a river a fountain and, and then, then and then some guys from Tijuana try to yeah. try to steal it yeah and then she turns around she gets into the fountain and she picks it up and it's supposed to be this like running thing that she's on the fence about leaving her husband and then at the very end after she's like slept with Tom Cruise with Woody she go. She finds her husband at the border, going back to the states. She runs him, and then she's with him. And then she goes back to Tom Cruise, kisses him, goes back to her husband, and he's just standing there, like, "What's going on? I don't understand." Me neither. <laughs> I, I don't on? understand what that's meant to mean. Because he doesn't. She doesn't like give him a peck on the cheek or something to say, "I, I appreciate what we did tonight." She it's like full she, on full, she full on snogs him. Like it's yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, and her husband stands there, and the way he looks at the scene, That's you think the way that the they're, they're all going to get involved with something. He's, he's looking at like, is this an open marriage now? What, what What's going on? <laughs> I know. But it might as well. Which is, I thought there was like going to be polyamory involved or something. That was going to be the end scene. <laughs> so, so, no. So, I think... I mean, the character's primarily there, so the, so so Woody can't get it up with for the prostitute. He he just he's uncomfortable the whole thing, so he leaves, and yeah. then and then he and then he and then you know he, he sort of falls in love vaguely with cat with uh, Shelley Long's character, and then they go and and sleep together, and that's 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 why they're there. Um, mm-hmm. That's why she's there so that she can Tom Cruise can lose it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the titular losing it, I guess. It's 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 interesting that that's the title for the film, seeing as like a majority of the characters don't lose their virginities on the on the trip. I know about half of like the main gang do. No, and one it's, of them's it's, a child it's, anyway, so no, it's not it's it's actually less than half because there are five main characters. Of yeah. them, Spider, oh, yeah, Ka- Spider, Kathy, and um, and and who else? And and Wendell don't don't lose their virginities because yeah. Spider. Well, I don't know about Spider because it's kind of his. Whether he did it or not is elusive. Well, no, he he said he's. It's established that he has. Uh, oh right, okay. Uh, there's no indication that he would be lying about it. The one, the one thing I really remember from this song, a specific moment, relates to Spider. It's a great yeah. line. I'm probably going to use it now whenever I can. It's that like it's that pickup line he has where he, when Shelley Long is questioning him about going with an older woman, and he says about teaching an old dog new tricks. I mean that's a great line. That, it <laughs> must be said. And and then he tries to like nag her and it, and, and Tom then she's Cruise. like you're really insensitive and I'm like what is going on here? And then and then Tom Cruise steps in as a nice guy and saves her. It's a very yeah. it's it's and then they go drink tequila by the shore. Oh. Yeah, and fall in love. And yeah, it's lovely. There's a bit of the beginning of this film where Spider gets detention and it's like kind of, you know, gets in the way of him going to Tijuana with his friends. And so he's like on the other side of the football pitch and he just, he looks at the car and they're all yelling like behind a fence, like, oh, go on, come on, you can go with us now, just jump the fence. And he goes, but he just walks. And I was <laughs> No, no, I think, so he's trying him. to, no, no, he's like, he's trying to, when he's walking, He's trying to he's trying to avoid like the coaches noticing him so that they can bring him back. When they no, do because notice he drops him. his stuff in the middle of like a gang of people. They all turn and they're like, "What are you doing?" And then a bunch of footballers chase after him. They're, they're told to chase him when the coaches notice. Yeah, but like even so, he's still relatively close to them. And I'm I just went it is <laughs> like it still worked. It's a bizarre moment. It's probably it's, it's one of the only it, moments that really stands out within the film. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's. 
there's a car chase in the film. Um, oh, it's one of the oh, worst uh, car chases. Ever. One of the so worst, least dramatic char- car chases ever put on film. Um, yeah, because there's no music at all or anything behind it. I mean, no, there is music, isn't there? The problem is that you just don't care about anyone involved. Yeah, fair. Oh, yeah. And, like, you know, and it, it's sort of talking about a couple films, you know, down the line that are going to have, like, really good action and car chases and whatnot. And it's like, it's just sad watching this. I mean, I, I suppose it's Tom Cruise's first car chase. That's that's something. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's speaking of Tom Cruise aspects that we'll be focusing on a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, I'm sure we'll get more into it later as it gets more interesting. But I mean, his hair in this film. One of his worst haircuts, I think. I, I think that was on purpose. I mean, it's it's bad on purpose. It's because well, he's like a nerd. Well, I get that, but like, it must be said. One of his Yo, worst. Well, yeah. Haircuts. Let's talk about Curtis Hansen for a second. Let's try and be. Yeah. Can we do that in one wee second? The last shot of this film is. Oh, when yeah. the, yes. So it should be so. The fight, which is like, it recaptures the energy of the first 20 minutes very briefly. And it's like, I mean, if it was just this for 100 minutes, I could at least, you know, marvel at the stupidity of it. Uh huh. Um, it's meandering. But like, so, yeah. and then the last shot so, so, of Wendell just sort of shrugging, looking at the camera. Yeah, he looks directly yeah, so, into the camera, laughs his wee head off. Also, his laughter in this film is terrifying. He sounds like a dog being choked. Like, it's yeah. so high-pitched. And any time he does it, my body just like went into itself. It made me so uncomfortable. So the ending of the film is basically they they have they have this car chase where they're trying to get away from this crooked cop who they've reneged on a bribe with and they've gone and 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 these these the soldier people that's why they're gone to the fight with in the bar so they're running away from them and then they so they they reach the customs border but there's a line and so mm-hmm. spider sort of sort of tricks them into thinking that they've got drugs so that they get searched that and that gets them away and then they turn up at like a like a like a rest stop like a diner at the end of the film sort of it's denouement and they find that the guys who they've gotten to the fight with they're they're I think they're army people on break uh, they the they're they're there and so a food fight starts a spontaneous food fight amongst all the people in the diner randomly starts in which then Wendell who's the microcapitalist little brother of David sort of walks out gets into the car and sort of looks at the camera and shrugs like well folks that's that's just what you get we're losing it we're losing it so he doesn't say anything to be clear you know he doesn't say we're losing it which would have made it much better than it that would have been so much better oh that would have been five out of five if he said we're yeah Let's talk about Curtis yeah. Hansen for a second, because I mean, Why not? what is there to say about this? So Curtis Hansen, from my understanding, some people like him as a director. He's kind of like, to my understanding, like a lesser type of a Jonathan Demme sort of, you know, a guy who just goes from genre to genre, film to film, yeah. like is able to transpose himself into it. But unlike someone like Demme, I'd say he's not nearly got as much of a style, because I've only seen this, but I'm going to go out and I guess and say Eight Mile and LA Confidential bear no resemblance to this film. <laughs> yeah, because those are well-regarded films. And when I looked at that, I, I thought, uh, like, I had never heard of this director before. So when I looked up his filmography, I didn't expect to see films that have been nominated for Oscars and such. I mean, won Oscars as well, but like... Yeah, but like, my goodness... I mean, I mean, it, it, it feels like a. It feels like this film should have been like direct-to-video sort of like softcore pornography for twelve-year-olds to look at. Like that's yeah. that's what it feels like. By the way, this film lost a significant amount of money at the box office. It oh, had yeah. a budget of seven million and it grossed about one point two. But um, 
because this has apparently become like a cult classic for people it's like a fun hate watch film which confuses me because i had no fun at any point during this film you maybe it made back some money with you know straight to dvd uh, revenue but i have no idea and this film is just it's just bad it's not a fun time. I just, I mean, it, it must have, the only thing I can think of is because, you know, Cruz did three films in 1983. He did The oh, Outsiders, which, 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 which didn't take a, it, did it, does he do four? Well, yeah, because All the Right Moves is also 1983. Is that also 1983? Okay, so he does four films. The, the Outsiders is sort of a bit role where he, you know, he, he didn't really need to be there more than one or two days. And then he, he's doing Risky Business in which he's the main character. This film must have been shot in like two weeks or something because it, mm. you know, it's, there's, there's about two locations. Yeah. You know, there's about... To be fair, I liked the locations in this film. They're reused a lot, but like they look pretty. Like I like the yeah. colorfulness of it, and the lighting's relatively well, I mean, good. I'm about to yeah, actually here. The cinematographer on this shot a little indie film called. Uh, oh, sorry, let me read this here. Star Wars. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Which one? Uh, the first one. The Star Wars. Oh, well, there you go. Well, that's, that actually makes sense because I, I suppose the one thing is, is the cinematography is actually quite dynamic. Yeah, it's and quite the decent. And, whatnot, and, there's like, and the um, colours and the, like, the production design and all that. Like, aesthetically, the film isn't actually that bad to look at. However, the audio, there was a bit where they're in the car and they're driving to Tijuana and the audio just flakes out yes. for some reason. And I was so confused, but then oh, it goes yeah. back to normal. I didn't there's, know what there's happened. A, there's right. also a bit where it's clearly been dubbed over. Oh, yeah. In the car. Yeah. Yeah. On a, on a technical level, it's also a mess. Some other mm-hmm. weirdly overqualified people who worked on this. The editor, the, the editor of this film, edited Edward Scissorhands and Rocky. <laughs> in the first what? Track. <laughs> like I'd assume he must be an Academy Award winner. I mean, at least a nominee for Rocky. So like this film the, is mental. The more you hear about the background and the production, the crazier it gets. I know. Who who wrote it? Right. I think that's the principal problem here. Who wrote this film? I looked at it, nobody that interesting. Oh, but, I can okay. check one more time, but like, no, no one worth noting, as far as I can Like, like they haven't done anything that would surprise us? Nothing I'd ever heard of. Oh, okay then. Oh yeah, so Academy Award winning editor of Rocky edited this film. That's crazy. Oh. When did Rocky come out? 1976, so this would have been a while after this. Oh, so, so, he's, so, so someone who had already won an Oscar worked yeah. on this film. Yeah, yeah. That's such okay. a downgrade. Fairness, That's... I'm looking at this guy's career. Just he really has kind of just bottomed out. I mean, oh, he no. did a direct sequel. Did direct a DVD sequel uh, for of Bring It On. Bring It On. Oh, oh no. Fin- fight to finish. Is Bring It On the cheerleader one? Yeah. Okay. You were now I get the part. idea. Is that, is, that the one, is that the one with Kristen Dunst? Well, I mean, the original is. This is like the first. Oh, this is, oh, this is one of the sequels. This is like the third sequel. Oh. <laughs> no, wait, the, the, the third sequel's sort of gimmick was that it was all black, wasn't it? Was it? Was that it? Was it? I, okay, I'm just throwing that. They, they all had it. gimmicks, the, the, the sequels. Barney's Great Adventure is another film he edited. <laughs> um, so I Married a wait, Murderer. Wait, wait is that the wait. one with... The one oh, with God, Mike who's Myers. in that one? It's yeah. It's like... I love that film as a child, so fair play. It's so awful, so this was I liked so this film was like the start of the degeneration of this poor editor who who won well, an Oscar for edited, Rocky. He edited Edward Scissorhands, which I think is a really well edited film. Mm-hmm, it is. Oh no, it is not. But I mean, like this is the start of his of his fall. This is this 
the beginning of the end from. I don't see anything that interesting between Rocky and this, but I guess. Uh, Do we have any Winona films that we're going to be looking at in the next while? No, I don't think they ever cross paths, unfortunately. Oh, oh God, I wish we could cover Wee Winona. Uh, Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Wait, does Tom Cruise not do a film with Winona? No, no Winona writer collaborations, unfortunately. That's quite quite odd, actually, you would think he would have. Right, so... I think this might be like a, a, a good time, you know, mm-hmm. before Tom Cruise gets gets really big as a star to, to look back and just just take stock. You know, <laughs> so he's done he's he, so he's done about uh, what is it now? Endless Love, Taps, The Outsiders and this. That's that's four films in, a, in three years. And um, one of them's good. Only only one of them is, is good and, mm-hmm. and he's a bit part in it. It's um, the least substantial impact on the actual film as well even though it's got yeah got more screen time in the outsiders than in the flow yeah but but what is what what is tom cruise's sort of thing as as it stands what do we think of tom cruise right now at the end of right before he becomes a star he's got potential to do great things and he's just i think he's just trying his best to find something that's gonna stick he's definitely got experimenting yeah he's got got potential and uh you can tell by the fact that he's willing to take like a very minor role in a francis ford coppola film that he wants to work with great people Mm -hmm. he's willing to like learn yeah but he hasn't found his persona yet and and as an actor you know we've sort of seen he he, all of his films up to this point are actually and risky business as well it's the same they're all about like children growing up too fast in some way or shape oh yeah coming of age films yeah yeah Yeah, so they're well yeah so they're all coming of age films and that's that's sort of i suppose i suppose all nearly all children's films are somehow coming of age films but i I just think it's interesting that he he's worked himself a niche already to be fair in the 80s that was a big thing and that was a big thing a young man like i feel like it's maybe one of the only things that was being offered to someone his age at the time and it was easy enough to get uh, this is sort of his first real genre thing. Everything else is just sort of in a very, you know, drama. This is like the first time he branches out into a different sort of element. It's it's a, it's a road trip <laughs> film as well, I suppose. So yeah, I see what you mean. It was um, like a comedy as well. It's like a yeah. comedy. It doesn't really work, mm-hmm. but you know, he tries, I guess. <laughs> and, and I suppose the other thing to note is that, you know, this is the first time he's done a role that is really just sort of, really just being a nice guy, like just sort of a, and it does and it flops. So, yeah. So I think, I think that's worth, I think that's worth mentioning. I think this was a wake-up call, and I'm glad that he had this when he was, you know, in early days, that he didn't do this maybe in the 90s, or try to do something like this with the 90s, I mean, and uh, maybe, just have it be, like, a bit of a disaster. By the time you reach the 90s, he's, like, Mr. Movie, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. the world. So he wouldn't have to be accepting stuff like this? Next up, we've got two more teenage sort of films from him, and then we get the, sh- the shift, I suppose, where he's starting mm-hmm. to play more adult roles. I haven't seen Legend, but that's like fantasy. That's his first flirtation with, you know, higher genre stuff. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you hit Top Gun and he's playing adult roles now. Young adult. Yeah. Yeah. Everything changes there, I guess. And so so, you know, it's uh but but I suppose this this really marks the end of an era. This is pre famous Tom Cruise over now. Mm-hmm. And this is even in a mini era, this is like pre giving Tom Cruise a chance at the headline before he actually proves himself as well. Yeah. Because next film, that's his breakout. All right. Have any of you seen Risky Business? No. No. I guess that'll be interesting then. So that'll be Mm -hmm. interesting then. Have any of you seen seen any of these films before we we watched them for this? The first first film I've seen that we'll be covering chronologically is The Color of Money. Right, okay. It's not until 
a few good men. And then I, I've started seeing, you know, like some of them, most of them. All right, then. I, must uh, I, was, just, I was just wondering. I'm not too familiar with. Wait, have you not seen Top Gun? No, I haven't. Oh, okay, I haven't then. either. Have you not, neither of you see, have no. seen Top Gun? No. Neither of you have seen Top Gun. All right, that's okay. Then, so that's, I look forward to this then. All right, so. Any any final thoughts we want to leave with? Sorry, can I just? I'm certainly losing it. No. We do be losing. Yeah. Yep. I, just, I started doing the Wendell thing from the answer, but then I realized that you can't see me. All right. So thanks for listening. Well, thanks. We'll see you next time. Most people have heard of. This has been cruising, and we're still cruising through that career, and it's going relatively okay. So next time at Risky Business, yeah. Well, we're at a yeah. batting average right now, but maybe some it'll start to turn around. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.